Baddies. I'm Carly. And I'm Tab. And welcome back to Historically Bad. Welcome back. I'm we back, baby. Baby. I'm back. She's back. Back yep. in the game. Yeah, some people actually were confused when I said that Tab will be back. Um, someone, shout out Ren from my restaurant who I work with. She's okay. one of the OG baddies. Okay. Um, who's been waiting for a shout out very patiently. There we um, go. Hi, Ren. Yeah, she was very confused because I said that, like, Tab will be back. So everyone, she thought that we weren't releasing an episode last week. So it was very confusing. But what we mean by Tab being back, back is that she is now back behind the scenes of HB because she was hashtag HB. That's our shorthand for historically bad. <laughs> yes. spread, spread the word. Um, spread because the word. The she has submitted her thesis. It's true. I submitted my thesis so I can actually be like a, a part of this journey now. Okay. That's great. So do we, should we like any order of business or? Oh yes. There are some orders of business. The first is that I now learned how to say laryngoscopy. Fuck. Laryngoscopy. Laryngoscopy. I thought there was no, like I thought you didn't pronounce the G. No, the G exists. It's just not laryngoscopy, which is what I said. Oh. Laryngoscopy. Shout out to Noli for teaching me how to say that word. Yeah, shout out to Noli. Thank you so yep. much for teaching us yep. your wisdom. Words are hard, though. We do have some new listeners in Georgia. That's a you new did place. Say that. We're also, also in the land down under. Like Australia? Brisbane. Oh. Yeah, I forgot about that one. That one's cool. So hi, uh, hi Aussies. Hi, Aussies. Um, also, we have Patreon now. <gasps> Patreon! I forgot about Patreon. Kate, we started our Patreon. Right now, it is sort of just an opportunity for you to support the show if you want to, voluntary. You can subscribe for free or you can subscribe for money. It's like it's like five fifty a month Canadian, which if you're in America, that's super fucking cheap. It's so honestly like ninety cents. Yeah. For that. <laughs> it's so cheap. <laughs> so so the um, you definitely want to be sure that you're subscribing so that when we do roll out the members only perks that you don't miss the boat. So even if right. you subscribe for free, you can later um, change your tier to a higher tier and then you can get the shit. Where there's a poll on Patreon to see what the baddies want first in terms of perks. Um, big goals of that will be like eventually like maybe bonus content early episodes ad free episodes we don't have ads yet but when we do (laughs) but right now we're thinking small but still exciting very exciting stickers stickers are fun maybe early episodes maybe yeah if maybe maybe things like that so we're really excited about it we have two patreons we have two patreons already. that's true we have a, th- a free member too we have three patreons we have three patreons but two are paid baddies elite patreons yeah, elite patreons elite anyway it's hype we're hyped about it we're hyped about we, it we decided to do it because we put Why a little not? money in this and now we're like <laughs> no longer in a deficit because yeah. of our two patreons it's fucking it's, awesome we have net income now yeah yeah <laughs> we're gonna file taxes homes it's true yeah like we're adulting now yeah partnership. it's a business it's a partnership it's a business yeah. business bitches historical business bitches historical business bitches if you want to donate though yeah do it Hit up on the patreon do it we love it we love your money so we, much we, we really could use it yeah, yeah we could it's true, yeah it's so great anyway we're really hyped about it because it's really exciting it's exciting yeah it's yep. like the next step for sure yep yep okay should we get into it? Yep. I'm delivering the episode today. Again, Deliver I'm in the driver's seat. So Carly's going to be in the passenger seat. I have some wine. Seat. You have some wine. You're chilling. <laughs> Didn't quite work. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to go into episode eight today. We have eight episodes. That's so crazy. That Technically, is, that is this crazy. is episode seven, but. Yeah, we're going to call it eight. We're going to call it eight just because the other one was Confused. two parts. Yeah, two part, yeah, two part six, seven, one, eight now. Right. <laughs> Whatever that was. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to be talking about Gregory Rasputin, actually born Gregory Yefimovic Novik, and was later given the name Rasputin because of his sinister and scandalous personal life, as Rasputin translates to debauched one. Okay. Debauched so, one? Debauched one. Debauchery. Yeah. Okay. He was born on the 21st of January, 1869, which I had a little bit of a lull because here we're going back to the 1800s again, like just can't help myself. You just can't. You're so historical. <laughs> and you're Love so it. Just Love obsessed it. with it. He was born in a Siberian village of Povskrovsky. Oh, probably not pronouncing that right. So, so sorry. To a family of peasants and died on the 30th of December, 1916, at the age of 47 through a brutal assassination. This assassination was ironically not the first time someone tried to kill him. And throughout his life, he's best known as the controversial figure who was accused by his enemies of religious heresy, sexual assault, and was suspected of exerting undue political influence over the Emperor of Russia, Tsar Nicholas II, and was even rumored to have an affair with the Empress of Russia, Tsarina Alexandra, which led to the bomb song Rara Rasputin, Lover Lover of of the the Russian Queen. Queen. 
which nice. we all know. Nice. And because we all know the song, I was like just dying to do an episode on this because every fucking one of us knows that song. We know that song. We know the Just Dance dance to it. We don't exactly. know the, anything about Rasputin. No one does. Absolutely and do no I one say, does. Do I say Rasputin or Rasputin? I think it's Rasputin. Rat. Oh, so all wrong. <laughs> so neither. <laughs> Rasputin. Um, I had like a literal fucking obsession with this song when I was a kid. Oh, like, did you? Obsessed with it. Like I thought it was like, it was a banger. Can for you me. do the knee jump kick? Thing? I certainly cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. I would so love, I would love if you. Could. Yes. So I can't either. You can either. No, not me. Jake could. Jake can. Jake's oh. like a phenomenal dancer. My wow. my husband, by the way. <laughs> Jake has like. Such a big rap sheet of random shit. He that really he's good does. At. He really does. Like, it's very, like, and, and none of it is like correlated in any way. It, no, it's so it's all over the place, and it's so impressive. It's it a is. Broad it is. They're equally impressive. Yeah. Broad scope of talents. <laughs> You'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> so this episode is the story of Gregory Rasputin, a self-proclaimed mystic healer with an evil agenda that merited him the name the Devil Incarnate, and a man who was partially responsible for the downfall of the royal czarist government of Russia. Okay. Oh shit. So episode sources, timemagazine.com, five myths and truths about the mystic Russian monk, smithsonianmagazine.com, the murder of Rasputin a hundred years later, historyextra.com, Rasputin, the mad monk who became a friend to the Romanovs, and the biographics, YouTube video, Gregory Rasputin, the devil incarnate. Okay. Let's get into it. I'm buckling in. You're bu- buckle the fuck I, like, up. don't know how I'm going to feel. I'm prepared to feel all the things. It's a... I... I if I may so do myself, I love this episode. Oh, I can't wait. I'm, I cannot wait. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, okay, so before we get into it, I want to set this episode up with a little bit of context of the times. So, excuse me. This episode takes place in Russia during the reign of the House of Romanov. So, this is the reigning imperial house of Russia from 1613 to 1917. So, it was a really long oh, time. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and it fell during the reign of the last Russian nobility, Tsar Nicholas II, as I'd mentioned. His reign ended during an event called the February Revolution, led by the Russian provisional government, the Bolshevik Party, which was a Communist Party of Russia founded in part by Vladimir Lenin. And this ended 304 years of Romanov rule and led to the murder and execution of Tsar Nicholas II and his entire family, which included his wife, of course, the Tsarina Alexandra, and their children, Grand Duchess Olga, Tatiana, Maria, Anastasia, and the son, Tsarevich Alexei Nikolovic, who was heir to the throne. Just killed the whole entire family. Wholesale killed them. Yeah, during a revolution. A little bit of a fun fact here. Their daughter, Anastasia, is who they made the 1997 fantasy musical cartoon on, named Anastasia. Oh, I meant to watch that as my basic bitch research. I meant to watch it as well. I didn't. I didn't. I've seen it a bunch of times, but I didn't. I've seen it, yes, but I did not prep. But you told me that it was actually not accurate at all. Not historically accurate, which I'm about to mention. Okay, segue. So, um, another thing I want to mention is I thought this was a Disney movie. So I thought it was a Disney box office hit. It's actually not. It's 20th Century Fox. But oh, I was like, but I watch it on Disney Plus. But that's because Fox is now on Disney Plus. Everything is Disney. Yeah, Disney literally Disney owns Plus everything. Sponsor us. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> so love that movie, Bomb.com, but it's not historically accurate at all, as it features the escape of the daughter Anastasia from the Ruffin, Russian Ruffin, from the Russian revolutionaries. When in reality, she did not escape and was murdered by the Bolsheviks. Oh. Yeah, sad. Why this was written this way, however, and it does have historical roots, when the entire Romanov family was murdered, their bodies were burned and found, except two of the children, Anastasia and their son, Alexei, which led them to speculate that they got away. Oh, so this is like, this This movie is like, what if she did get away? What if she did get away? Exactly. Oh. And, and that they sort of allude to that in the movie. However, their bodies were later found, so they did not, unfortunately, oh. escape. This is depressing. Sad, yeah. Another piece that isn't entirely accurate in the movie is that Rasputin is actually the enemy to the Romanovs in the movie, which isn't entirely accurate as he was trusted by the Tsars and almost part of the family himself, which we'll talk about today. He's a villain in the movie because he, we all, like, it's like irony, like a a, dramatic irony. And it's funny you say that because in my script, I literally have, you could say that this was artistic representation of how he was a part of the downfall of the Romanovs because he's actually the enemy in the movie. That was a good way to say that. And what I was saying was was basically confusing. that. <laughs> <laughs> so confusing. Um, however, if you did watch this movie as a kid or adult, this man probably gave you nightmares because he is quite literally the scariest looking human I've ever seen. Like, I don't know if you've ever Googled a picture of Rasputin. I did. But I did. I did. I have it on my phone to post on the socials. And it's scary. And I literally want it off my phone. Like, it is oh. terrifying to me. Anyways. Another little interesting fact here. Zarevich Alexei Nikolovich, so the son and heir to the throne, suffered yeah. from hemophilia. Which was a serious condition that prevents, or is a serious condition that prevents blood from clotting. Right. 
Alexei's condition was likely the cause of years of inbreeding from the Russian royal family, and others at this time, as inbreeding was not uncommon was at all, and was forbidden from leading a regular life as a boy, so he wasn't able to, like, ride his bike or play tennis or anything like that. Which is dangerous. Um, it's dangerous, because a simple scrape would cause him to bleed out and die. They also prevented him from seeing many people, as they didn't want anyone outside close family members to find out that he suffered from a condition that would bring his claim to the throne into question. Oh. You know how, like, this that was so... viewed as weakness kind of thing back right. then? Right. Which yeah. is so funny. It's so ironic that they were, like, trying to keep the royal blood pure, and then they just re- literally fucked up his blood. Literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it became funny. too pure that it was, like, no longer knew how <laughs> it's to... bad blood. It was bad blood, yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, so why all of this is relevant to today's episode is Tsar Nicholas II and Tsarina Alexandra sought out many methods to treat their son, Alexei, and the most successful, so to speak, was through this peasant faith healer named Gregory. Gregory Rasputin, which we'll get into. So as I mentioned, Gregory Rasputin was a Russian peasant who claimed to have mystical healing powers. He actually went so far to say he was the second coming of Christ. And apparently he truly believed this about himself. Rasputin was once quoted saying he often struggled between the forces of good and evil, and many holy people and priests thought his powers didn't come from God at all, however, and that he was in fact the Antichrist. Anytime any man tells you that he has been in contact with God, or is in some way a, a, a god or a biblical creature, that man is fucking lying to you. Oh, for sure, yeah. He is trying to lie so he can get power so he can have sex. Absolutely. And back then, you just really didn't dispute the power of God, right? Now no. we do. Now we're smart enough. But some people, so there's still prophets. Prophets still pop up every once in a while. <laughs> it's true. You're right. You're right. I'm going to start with his early life and just go through this chronologically. So, as I mentioned, Rasputin was born in a Siberian village, and around this time, Siberia had been a bit of, like, an Isle of Misfit Toys sort of vibe, as in it became a, like, dumping ground for Russian criminals, and had a lot of prison colonies, which included men that were sent to Siberia to pay for their crimes through hard labor. However, Siberia was also a place that contained many Russian exiles that were sent there because of their religious or political beliefs. So, it was kind of, like, the perfect place for him to be born, almost. Siberia is still known today as one of the coldest and most difficult places to live, with survival being a constant struggle. Their annual weather is described as continental subarctic, with an average temperature of negative 5 degrees Celsius. That's the average. (laughs) Yeah. And in the winter, it gets to minus 25. And so this is where I put insert, make a joke about the weather in Canada, because it was minus 52 with wind chill last week. So it's not that hard to survive in in Siberia. Siberia sounds like tropical. It was minus 20 today, homie. Exactly. Like, you got here. <laughs> I got here, yeah. I'm I alive. drove, I did things. We, <laughs> yeah. had, we had errands to run, even. <laughs> I went to the wine store twice because you my did. bottle of wine was corked. Like, exactly. So That's not it. surviving. That's thriving. <laughs> that, that was thriving. You got it. So, Rasputin's parents were peasants living in a low-class family. His father was a farmer, church elder, and government courier. And his mother gave birth to seven children before he was born, all of whom died in childbirth or early infancy. Oh. Yeah, that's really sad. That is sad. So, he was the only one in his family to make it past his childhood and survived this harsh Siberian winter. This was in itself considered a miracle, and the day after his birth, he was christened, because they thought, what a miracle. Ah. Miracle baby. So he was kind of told from the beginning that he was special. That he was special. Yeah. As a boy, Rasputin was unique. He claimed that he had visions of the future, and that angels appeared to him in his dreams. Weirdly, he knew things about his neighbors that he couldn't have possibly known. He also could heal wounded horses just by touching them, apparently. This was enough evidence for a large majority of the village to be convinced he was a holy man, touched by God, and some holy people actually believed that he was the second coming of Christ, as I mentioned. Others believed, however, he was demonic and working with the devil. So it's just kind of like either Witchy. ends of the spectrum yep. here. Um, the latter appeared to be true as throughout his early adult and adolescent life, he was very badly behaved. He would steal quite frequently, so very often in small thefts, and apparently would generally just get on people's nerves being quite disrespectful to local authorities. So he was just kind of like a bit of a fuckboy, I guess. At the age of 28 years old, he married... I'm going to absolutely destroy this name. Okay. Praskovia Dubrovina. Sounded badass. <laughs> I think you did great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> on February 1887, a peasant girl he met in a small town of Abalak. How, how old is she? Well, I have no idea. That's a good question. Oof, I I'm feel s- like sus about it. Probably like 13. Probably 13. Absolutely. With her, he had seven kids as well, but only four survived. So I guess this was really That's common. wild. It's crazy. Yeah. Imagine like the trauma. Oh my of God. Of just being used to the fact that like, your baby we'll see if this one lasts. doesn't like, survive. I'm sure that's probably why they would have a lot of children. Like, obviously, birth control and family planning was not a huge thing. Right. But I think it's because they were, like... Odds. 
yeah exactly Fuck. fecundity and shit <laughs> science bitch science bitch uh, he had a reputation of being an abusive alcoholic and also cheated on his wife on one or potentially many occasions here we are yeah uh, the myth surrounding his early life starts here where one day he stole a horse which was quite a big deal in comparison to his small petty thefts that he had committed on occasion and when word got out that he was a horse thief, instead of repenting and admitting to his crimes, he fled to a local monastery for sanctuary and ended up staying with these Christian brothers for several months. Okay. Okay. His wife is just handling the <laughs> yeah. seven children. Or just the four. See ya, bitch. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> Classic. 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 So a little bit of a disclaimer here, because we wouldn't be good scientists if we didn't fact check things. According to historians, particularly that of Douglas Smith, who is like, I guess, quite a well-known historian okay cool Rasputin's youth and early adulthood are a quote black hole about which we know almost nothing so much of the information about his youth might be fabricated i just wanted to put that out there. oh that's a fun thing to know it's a fun thing to know so yeah. he's like lore he's like lore yeah and it was written after his rise to prominence and it's now used as propaganda against him by anti-royalists and the bolshevik or communist government so keep this in mind today's like his upbringing is propaganda against him and like, like, I like think he a was lot a horse of, thief for sure. I think a lot of his life, they say, is actually potentially disputed. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we love a scandal. We love a scandal. So one of the things the stories agree on, however, was that Rasputin, like most Siberian peasants, including his mother and father, was not formally educated and remained illiterate well into his early adulthood. Local archive records also suggest that he had an unruly youth, and to what extent, we don't know. Possibly, however, involving excessive drinking, small thefts, etc., I like to think, however, that all of it's true because that's more fun and certainly makes for a bonkers story that I'm yeah. going to tell you. Yeah. He's at the monastery. He fled because he stole a horse. Right. The Christian brothers and sisters of Rasputin suggested that he take some time to find God and change his ways. Yeah. He's constantly fine. stealing, drinking, all that shit. Yep. Shortly thereafter, Rasputin found a man named Makari. Not God. Not God. <laughs> who became his mentor. Rasputin was so taken aback by the teachings of this man and by the ways of the monastery that he decided to join the Brotherhood himself and become a monk, or more accurately, what's called a starnik, which translates to wanderer or pilgrim. Okay. It was at this time that Rasputin abandoned his family, you know, already being such a great husband and all. Right. And began traveling and evangelizing to various villagers. Um, I want to point out that apparently his wife remained devoted to him for her entire life, which is tragic because it sounds like he just kind of straight up sucked. He was a piece of shit. Piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. But maybe he was like bringing her closer to God. Maybe, like maybe she truly believed that she was like on a holy mission. Very, very much foreshadowing for the episode. Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So historians believe during this time of Rasputin's life that if he spent enough time walking through the forests of Siberia evangelizing, it was a matter of time before he would meet members of a cult called the Klisti. This was a cult that was tangential to the Russian Orthodox Church, so many of the members of this cult would actually show up to like the normal masses on Sundays, and then would have their own secret occultist meetings on their own time in the woods and various secret locations. Oh, gee, baddies know what occultist means. <laughs> they do. This next part is a bit nostalgic for me with the Jack Parsons episode. <laughs> Shout out to those that listened. Yeah. The Clisty cult uh, thought that one of the ways to achieve salvation was by purging oneself of sin. And to them, this meant performing ceremonies where they would choke one another, only letting go right before the individual's last moments so they would get high on asphyxiation. They would speak in tongues, dance eccentrically, and were involved in self-flogging. So they would actually whip each other's body. They would actually spin, literally spin in circles, until they felt drunk, working themselves into such a frenzy that they would physically collapse. Huh. <laughs> very strange. This is very strange. Very... Did people accidentally die when they were choking each other? Oh, I'm sh- I have to believe for Must sure. Have. Because there's even scandals that happen in like our time of like you oh. find that people are found in their homes. Oh, yeah. It was like some crazy sex, sex party or idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, after they would fall to the ground, they would get up after regaining consciousness and unleash their pent up desires by having sex with, well, anyone who's around them in a mm-hmm. massive orgy, mm. which remember is any more than four people, we <laughs> which we know learned. we learned, we Googled. So one could say that Rasputin was the OG sex call man. Yeah. Potentially. I just think, Jack I just think that the, the, the pipeline of claims that he's been contacted by God to sex cult is like a hundred percent like the correlation between those two things it, it's got to be a hundred percent almost every single motherfucker yeah, who has said that point. he is a prophet of god has run a sex cult 
For sure, and used it to like sexually assault and or take advantage of people. Hundred percent. For sure, yeah. It's a good just point. don't trust those motherfuckers. Just don't trust if someone's like I had a vision of God, like fucking bail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can, you should, and you could if you if you want to have yeah. have your own relationship with God. Yeah, exactly. But just don't claim to be a fucking prophet. prophet of God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. No, all good. I, I love it. it <laughs> I'm here for it. Rasputin would continue to travel and evangelize with his new cult about the Christian faith, but this wasn't your normal run of the mill religious visits from men in suits with the Bible preaching in the word of god one of the weirdest things about this cult was that you weren't allowed to bathe so rasputin sometimes wore metal shackles around his ankles stunk like the high heavens and this would cause him to feel pain and to bleed on purpose as atonement for his sins so imagine this fucking man coming to your door shackled shackled which you would immediately be like is he a criminal yeah and then he is actually (laughs) and then it turns out yeah if it quacks like a duck smelly smelly very creepy i will stand by that he is the most terrifying person i've ever googled haggard haggard is a good way telling you hey like join my cult and like let's have sex like what what about that (laughs) would you be like absolutely fucking sign me up what we do at our cult we get so dizzy yeah yeah. and we choke the shit out of each other like imagine them elevator pitching this to you and this is just get really dizzy (laughs) we just get really really dizzy i'm looking at a picture of this motherfucker right now he's absolutely terrifying Anyway, so Rasputin's so enthralled by this life experience, by the time he went home to visit his family and friends, he was a completely changed man. Yeah, scary. He's fucking terrifying. He stated that, quote, his visions from God were stronger than ever before. So in his moments of evangelizing, he was a changed man. Only moments after arriving home and moving back in with his wife, so he goes back home, who by some miracle accepted him back, he told his wife he needed to use their basement for a meeting space for this religious group he was part of, his new occult where he created a makeshift place of worship and constantly had orgies with his clisty friends in his basement, where his wife was living. And four children. And four children, exactly. Um, one day, Rasputin claimed that the Virgin Mary appeared before him and told him to go to St. Petersburg to help the royal family. And, well, the idea that the royal family would ever have needed help from an eccentric peasant man who never bathed is beyond me. Yeah. Um, but as we'll find out in today's episode, he becomes one of the most influential men of the royal Romanov family. But how did this start? How did he even get into the palace and able to meet and fraternize with the Romanovs? One does not simply walk into Mordor. No. Lol. Lord of the Rings reference. Okay, I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't watch. Really like, no, like wholesale support. <laughs> I know, I just like to support you, but I haven't seen the Lord of the Rings. Well, I appreciate the support. That's nice. Here for you. Blind faith. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it turns out serendipitously, Rasputin's advisor from the monastery, Makari, that I mentioned, was a former religious advisor to the Romanov royal family. Oh. Yes. Rasputin used Makari's influence to attract noble clientele and started to get others to believe his insane ideologies. Mm. So somehow he's just like lucky, I think. He got in the brain of one man who people trusted. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm. At this time, people from all backgrounds started to believe in Rasputin's abilities. People were amazed by his powers, and wealthy people even traveled great distances to his small village to be, quote, treated by him. Uh. Very weird. That makes me want to vomit. It's disgusting. What what he did to them, I bet, like, is oh. so... Ugh. Oh, God. Anyways, we'll get into it. Piece of shit. After Rasputin started to get this type of clout, Makari wrote a letter of reference to a friend in St. Petersburg about Rasputin, and this commenced Rasputin's journey to the capital, which is now Moscow, I will point out, but it used to be St. Petersburg. In St. Petersburg, Rasputin met two influential people, a man named Bishop Hermigan and a high priest named Sergei Truvinov who is otherwise more famously known as Iliador. Iliador. It's a very Lord of the Rings name, too, also. I like it. Um, at face value, the men were truly taken aback by Rasputin's appearance. He was disheveled and apparently smelled truly horrific. His stare was quoted as terrifying, and he apparently could dilate his eyes at will, making his eyes look completely black. That's not good. I just learned the other day that if your eyes dilate like that, oh, they medically think that you're good. dying. Yeah, like, who was telling me? My nurse friend. I think Reagan. Shout out Reagan. That if that happens, that your eyes dilate, the oh, ICU goes like it's fucking unhealthy. nuts. Though it means that your brain's dying. That's like, it's not good news. Very scary. Yeah. Mm. He thought it was, like, bitching. <laughs> well, that's that's freaky if you can do that. If As if he wasn't scary enough. I also feel like maybe that he meant into it because, Absolutely. like, people probably, like, were like, oh, he has to be like that because he's a mystic. Like, he ha- that's how he is. Like, and then it it's felt an in, it, it fed into the hype. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, he really leaned into his character. Yeah. Um. So despite this, once the priest Iliador saw his healing ability, he was convinced Rasputin was a saint and gifted by the powers of God. 
This, however, did not change Rasputin's arrogant personality. He would often not give a literal fuck what people thought of him. He often was caught picking his nose and eating it in front of dignified folk. And he would also often mock aristocrats, mainly women, for their heirs. So making fun of, like, their kids. Oh. Yeah. So fucking mean. So I don't understand, like, how he gets, like, where he gets to. It's, like, a very strange People, like, story. yeah, but if you walk in a room and they're, like, if it's almost like how we excuse bad bedside manner for doctors now. Right, yeah. Like, I had a vet one time who people would say he's the best vet ever. He might be an asshole, but he's a really good vet. And so you have they to confuse it with just like intelligence or something. Yeah. Or like right. excuse it because they're going to help you so much. Yeah. In some way. He okay. got away with it because he was like, well, if, if you're not okay with me being a piece of shit, I'm not going to cure your fucking disease. Right. We'd almost weaponize his skills and abilities to be a dick. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> I think he, I think he just gets away with it because, right. because he's, otherwise... he's telling people that he's going to save their lives. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. I'm sure that's somewhat the case. Absolutely. Here. So around this time, Rasputin became friends with two women named Princess Milica and Anastasia of Montenegro. They were nicknamed the Crow Sisters for their misshapen noses, which is really savage. Um, and they were also nicknamed the Dark Princesses for reasons I couldn't find out. These two women, although not of Russian descent, married into the Romanov family. They were both themselves heavily involved in mysticism and the occult. They both actually manipulated their way into marrying in the royal family. However, despite being married into the family, they were often treated as outcasts by the aristocracy. 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 Yes. Crow sisters. I'm looking up pictures as <laughs> Carly's we Carly's like in real time Googling it. Yeah. I just need to know. <laughs> oh, you need to know. You have the, the images or everything. Yeah. This led them to Rasputin, whom they bonded with. And all of this was perfect timing because Tsarina Alexandra Romanov had, by happenstance, lost her religious and spiritual advisor, a man named Dr. Philippe. Mm. She truly believed that Dr. Philippe, or Felipe had helped her and her husband, Tsar Nicholas II, have their son, Alexei Nikolaevich, heir to the throne. For they had four children before him, and they were all girls. Dr. Philippe actually told Tsarina Alexander one day that soon after his death, she would meet another holy man that would take his place. Almost immediately after, the Crow sisters introduced Rasputin to Tsarina Alexandra. I love saying Tsarina. It's just my favorite word. It's a nice word. It is a nice word. And why this worked was because the Crow sisters, being involved in occultism and mysticism, introduced her to her previous advisor, Dr. Philippe. So once Tsarina heard about Rasputin's healing ability, she knew she wanted him to help her son, Alexei. So recall, at the start of the episode, I mentioned Alexei has hemophilia. Alexandra and Nicholas never told Rasputin about their son's condition at this party, and they attempted to keep this secret. Not sure if they could trust him yet. Valid. I mean, mm. the men fucking wear shackles. So mm. like, you go tell him like what's going on in your personal life. Yes, that's fair. That's <laughs> yes. a good, good, good uh, instincts. Yes, absolutely. However, on one fatal day, Alexei scraped his knee whilst out playing, and alas, the blood would not stop. By chance, or more likely through notice of the grapevine, a.k.a. the Crow Sisters, Rasputin showed up to the palace unannounced and demanded to see the boy. Which, again, like, that is just sus behavior, but I digress. Yeah. According to batshit crazy Rasputin, he had visions from God that alerted him that the prince would die, thus motivating him to help. Despite the unlikely reality that this was true to the royal family, they were shocked about how he could have possibly known, keeping Tsarevich Alexei's condition secret. Right. Once he was allowed to see Alexei, he immediately told the doctors to leave so that he could begin his, quote, healing rituals. To their surprise, almost immediately, Alexei actually did begin to heal. His bleeding stopped and his life was spared that day. What did he do? Mm, I'm about to get in that. Uh, uh, <laughs> Knowing how precious Alexei was to the Tsar and Tsarina, this was enough evidence to convince Alexandra that Rasputin was a holy man with immensely powerful healing powers. So now modern-day scientists have claimed that this was bullshit and not magic. Surprise, surprise. And very likely that when he told the doctors to exit, they took aspirin with them, a blood thinner that was causing Alexei to bleed out unknowingly. So when he demanded that he be left alone with Alexei, the doctors were prevented from using aspirin, and therefore his blood started to clot again. That's what they think happened. Oh, like they think that the doctors at the time were doing a bad thing. Yeah, or n unknowingly. I think at the time we know that aspirin is now a blood thinner. I I'm not sure that's something that they would have known back then. Right. Um, and when he was like, I demand to be alone with the boy. I think it was like. So Rasputin didn't even know probably that what he was doing was helping. No. He just. He, it's not like he's a genius. No. Happy. It's like just happy accident that he walked in there and then he. It ended. Absolutely. And then he believed. And he believes even more that he's compulsive a Compulsive liar. Yeah. yeah for well. sure. Believe your own lies. Um, wow. Other people claim that he somehow healed Alexi through hypnosis though, which is a little How bit How do more. you hypnotize blood? <laughs> I don't. It's fucking dumb. 
Um, however, because of this fateful day, Rasputin quickly became a subscription in the Romanov family, a regular installment in their family mansion. Shortly thereafter, he began to give morphine, opium, and cocaine to Tsar Nicholas II, claiming that it would help him with various ailments and the two of them would often get high together. <laughs> he just needed a buddy to do drugs with. He's like, it's going to help you. It's going to help you a lot. Oh, this will help you relax, buddy. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. And then he's like, whoa. This <laughs> made Tsar Nicholas II, to no surprise, a massive addict, constantly wanting and needing drugs from Rasputin, meaning that Rasputin was coming by the palace more often than not. So it's almost uh. like... It was a crutch that he knew if he would get Tsar Nicholas II addicted to, he would yeah. need Rasputin even more. That's literally that's literally what drug drug dealers do. Yeah, certainly they do. Okay, so the Tsarina was also addicted to Rasputin's products, so to speak, and as she suffered from migraines and anxiety, and Rasputin would prescribe her many different substances to quote help her relax. Which mm-hmm. is rapey as shit, in my opinion. Yeah, it's sus vibes. Very sus vibes. It's a bit weird, but Rasputin began to call Tsar Nicholas and Tsarina Alexandra Mama and Papa. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, he was like an adult at this point. An adult. It's I think, if creepy. not, maybe older than them. Was I, he getting paid, like, money? I just, don't like, think so. I think he was just getting, like, clout and nobility and, and stuff like that. Maybe, like, a nice meal. Yeah. And I'm sure they, like, set him up in a nice living space. Mm. Um, he would act as if he was one of the kids or family to them, and he would pray with their children and read them bedtime stories at night. This, as it would, began to worry the nanny, as the older Grand Duchesses Olga and Tatiana were beginning to go through puberty. At this mm. time as well, one of the ladies-in-waiting, or otherwise known as governesses, of the home, named Maria Ivanova, had claimed that Rasputin had sexually assaulted her. Well, because he did. Because he did, Yeah. However, Tsarina Alexandra worshipped and loved Rasputin so much, this led to a dispute in the family, and Alexandra accused the girl of lying and actually fired her. <gasps> so safe to say, Rasputin was virtually untouchable. But of course, of course, like we're talking the 18s. There's no, this is not even the 19s, this and the 19s are problematic, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, like back then you would never be able to prove it. You barely can today. No. <laughs> Sorry, your cat. <laughs> like, he's straight chilling right now. <laughs> He is really cute. So one day, one of the children's nannies actually tried to kick Rasputin out of the kid's nursery, and the children, somehow under his spell as well, complained to their parents saying that their nanny was being mean, and she was fired as well. So basically anybody that, like, spoke out against him was just like, you're gone, you're out. Oh, shit. The media in St. Petersburg at the time, which was newspapers in written format, of course, because we're, like, way back in yesteryear. In yesteryear. Got a hold of these stories and began to print them. They even went so far as to say that Rasputin was quite literally let into the queen and princess's beds, hence the lyric, lover of the Russian queen. And they printed pornographic images of him grabbing at her breast, so Sarina Alexander, metaphorically meaning he had a hold on the queen. So they would print, like, horrible slander. So the song was literally because they were trying to say, like, he's in bed with the queen. Yes. He's in charge. Like, he ha- he's giving a lot of power. Like, the queen, the royal family is no longer calling all the shots. Exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, it was a metaphorical image. And you can actually Google this image, this, like, pornographic image. Well, don't mind if I do. do well, it. wait. Should I put on my incognito mode it's that it's very like it's super modest by today's standards oh okay like okay, almost okay, to okay, a point okay. where i consider putting it on the social media rasputin ras sorry i say poutine because we're from canada <laughs> i realized that that's I why it. i was like that's why i'm saying poutine honestly we could that. we should create a t-shirt that says rasputin rasputin it. and it's like him in poutine <laughs> yeah like his hair becomes french fries <laughs> Nonetheless, the, sh- the image features him grabbing at her physically, and they saw this as like a metaphorical meaning that she was, he had quite a hold on her, kind of. So one of the more, one of the more common myths about him was that he had a romantic relationship with her. This one's not pornographic yet, no, but that's, that's probably the same promo. It's super fucking creepy. Super fucking creepy. Yeah. One of the more iconic lines in the song by Boney M, the Rara Rasputin song. When did that song come out? When does that mean? Sure. Great question. I okay. don't know. Was that he was Russia's greatest love machine. So this applied to more than just the Romanovs. So at this time, Rasputin lived in an apartment in St. Petersburg where his followers would come and have meetings with him. Often it would be exclusively women who would show up to his house. They would all bring a hot dish feeding Rasputin and having potluck parties. They would all gather around the table with him sitting at the center, of course. Rasputin would sit in silence, staring at something with his mile-long stare, and would randomly, out of nowhere, begin to mumble something. The women who admired him immensely, thinking he was some sort of prophet, would immediately stop talking and listen attentively to try to make out what he was trying to say in case it was insightful or life-changing. Without any warning, he would often bolt up, acting erratically and rather flippant, grab a piece of paper and begin to violently write down his thoughts like a potential drug trip. No tab. 
That is God speaking to him. <laughs> no, that's God speaking to him. Exactly. <laughs> For some absolutely insane and inexplicable reason, this was extremely attractive to many women. The elusivity of it. The elusivity like, of the I found the boob grab, by the way. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. She looks very uncomfortable. Yes. They believe he was truly the second coming of Christ, and they would often offer to go to his bedroom whilst everyone else was eating and mingling and have sex with him. One disciple of Rasputin named Olga Lakhtina had so much faith in Rasputin and his magical powers that she left her entire family and moved into his apartment. She forced everyone to address him as God. And a few witnesses recall opening his door one day for a visit and seeing Olga holding Rasputin's penis, screaming, You are Christ and I am yours. And whomever unfortunately walked in on the scene backed out and shut the door. And all I can picture here are two things. The meme of Homer Simpson backing up into a bush. Oh, yeah. And the statement, this isn't where I parked my car. Because I just feel like that's something you would do if you walked in on that. <laughs> that's fucking wild. Wild. After the public began learning about the scandal and these particular hangouts, police officers began following him to see what he was up to on a regular basis. They reported that Rasputin would hire sex workers on a daily basis and bring them to bathhouses. Now, some of you may wonder why Rasputin would frequent a bathhouse if he never bathed. And you would think if he was paying for a bath on a daily basis, he might actually smell good. <laughs> but according to private testimonies, he would bring the sex worker into a private room where they would both get undressed. He would then take his leather belt and begin beating the woman, stating explicitly that he was beating the sin out of her. And then he would have sex with her, send her on her way, and leave the bathhouse without himself ever touching the water. Jesus Christ. Like, gross. that is actually rape. I'm pretty certain. Oh, uh, for sure it is. Apparently one time he was seen leaving a bathhouse, screaming to absolutely no one but into the ether about the demons that he could see and feel inside of him. He would say that he could see the devil in himself and that there was a battle for his soul going on inside. So obviously this sounds like he was tripping on drugs again. So the two priests I'd mentioned earlier that he met on his way to St. Petersburg, Bishop Hermigan and Iliador, they'd heard about this incident about him literally screaming about demons in public and this was damaging to the reputation as faith healers and preachers themselves. And since they introduced Rasputin to society in St. Petersburg, Hermigan and Iliador ambushed Rasputin, accusing him of using the devil to acquire his healing powers. One of the men actually grabbed Rasputin by the penis, apparently, and claimed he was thinking with that and not his brain. Because he was. Because he was. Exactly. And they were like, you're giving us a bad name. Like, stop doing this shit. These two came with a giant crucifix, which they used to beat him with in the streets, almost as bloody as he would beat sex workers. So they were like, we have to, the power of Christ compels you, so to speak. This is good. This is good, yeah. Okay. But alas, the power of Christ did not compel him. Rasputin tattled on them to Tsarina Alexandra, saying they were attempting his assassination, and the two men were sent into exile. However, Iliador fled to Finland dressed as a woman, so no one could tell where he was going. How badass. Badass. Again, the man had claws in the Romanovs, so anytime he spoke out about someone, they just sort of got rid of that person. After this event, Rasputin said he needed a break from the city and away from the chaos and went back to his home village in Siberia. So getting beat by a crucifix, I guess, is enough to chase the man away. But that's good. That's good, yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Turns out that Iliador was actually trying to kill Rasputin, however, which is something that came out in a confession on a biography of Iliador later on. Oh, cool. Yep. And he was absolutely convinced that Rasputin was the Antichrist. So he was like, this dude is bad news bears. Okay. Bad reason, but good Bad reason, general. but yeah, good in general. In 1914, <laughs> Iliador hired a disfigured sex worker named Kiona Guseva to kill him, to kill Rasputin. This poor woman was disfigured because one of her clients actually cut her nose off, leaving a gaping hole in her face. Clients. Clients. A.K.A. Pieces of shit. Yeah. Yes. She actually ended up going to an asylum later, unfortunately, because I think like her experiences Aww. were so horrific. Iliador had shared with her that Rasputin beat and abused other sex workers, and this was enough for her to take on her own agenda with Rasputin. She one day went to his village, waited outside for him, and Rasputin had received a telegram in the mail, left the house to go to the post office to send a reply, and as he left, he noticed a woman who was standing and staring at him. She, to Rasputin, looked like the perfect desperate convert. He walked over to her to preach the gospel to her. Once Kiona got close enough to him, she stabbed him in the stomach repeatedly. Nice. So insistent on killing him, she dug her hands into his stomach and managed to pull out part of his intestine. That's no. fucking metal as fuck. It's metal as fuck, yeah. Ironically, and in my opinion, quite cool, on this exact day, Archduke Franz Ferdinand got assassinated, which was a monumentous moment in beginning World War One. Instead of being with the Tsar and Tsarina during this time, he was stuck in a hospital healing from his injuries, which he actually managed to do. So he survived this, like, crazy stabbing. That's wild. Wild. 
Hearing the impending news of the war, Rasputin wrote to Tsar Nicholas, pleading with him not to go to war, saying, quote, We will all drown in blood. The disaster is great and the misery infinite. Which, he wasn't really wrong, because albeit there wasn't as many casualties as World War II, this was called the Great War for a reason. So, was- but he has no problem, like, causing misery and bloodshed on human beings. Right. But when it's like, oh, this could affect me, then I'm going to warn you not to start this war. And I think like, he saw his bloodshed, so to speak, as ridding sin and in the name of God. And right. All that stuff. I think he saw this as, like, unnecessary bloodshed. Right. Not that I'm... I'm not defending him, but... We, but we also, like... Like, who are we to fight with the prophet of God? It's true, right? What do we know, honestly? What do we know? We're just lowly peasants. <laughs> we were And so was he. So was he. Exactly. That's the most ironic part. Uh. Man. But the Tsar did not want to listen to Rasputin because for the first time in his reign, people were cheering for him in the streets. For context, people previously viewed Tsar Nicholas as weak, incompetent, and feminine. So this is the first time that he was well-received. Tsar Nicholas was riding his high. He left the palace to go fight for Russia and oversee the Imperial Russian army during World War I. Tsarina Alexandra was all alone, and after Rasputin healed, he went back to the Romanov palace and sat by her side, becoming the Tsar by proxy and her right-hand man. So he was like, I see this opportunity. There's an opening. I'm heading back. That's that picture I saw. That's that picture. That's in that time of history. Yes. this was She looks so unhappy in that photo. So unhappy. Cannot be an Instagram one. Yes. We're going to have like 14. We should definitely. Okay. We should definitely. This was really irresponsible because Rasputin appointed many political leaders that were incompetent themselves because Rasputin, being a poorly educated man and illiterate, knowing nothing of politics and warfare, hired the wrong people, obviously. Mm. World War One was devastating. Millions of Russians and other men died in this war. People were struggling to find work, and the cost of food nearly doubled. On top of all of this, Tsarina trusted a madman, and the entire country had had enough. The Russian people had no choice but to have a revolution. And as I believe Napoleon Bonaparte said, something like, out of misery, people are drawn to revolution, and out of revolution brought back to misery. This marked the beginning of the end for Rasputin. Even though Rasputin had survived the assassination attempt, he could no longer carry on and heal people as he was aging and getting weaker. He actually wrote in his journal that he knew he would die soon. He made peace with this impending death, and if I may, as we find out, this man had a spooky amount of insight. He believed that God was about to make a sacrifice to save the Russian people with parallels to Jesus who was sacrificed on the cross. So, take me, they know not what they do, kind of thing, is what he was getting at. He wrote to the Tsarina... Quote, if one of your relations brings upon my death, then none of your family will remain alive for more than two years. They will be killed by the Russian people. Tell your relatives that I have already paid for them in my blood. I shall be killed as I'm no longer among the living. Pray and be strong. That's what he wrote to her, which is just ominous and creepy. That is. During one of the meetings in Parliament, one of the politicians was quoted as saying that Rasputin was a dark force and that he was sick and tired of this dirty peasant controlling the country and that he would personally kill him himself if he was not soon taken out of power. Great. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Giddy up. Giddy up. Tsarina Alexander's nephew, Felix Yusupov, known at the time as Russian's richest man. Russia's richest man. Yep. Words are hard, man. It's so hard. <laughs> was one of the many people that wanted Rasputin dead. Yusupov heard of Rasputin's reputation with the ladies, and he was also married to a young, beautiful woman himself named Irina, who was rumored to have been one of the most beautiful women of St. Petersburg. Felix was also rumored to have been bisexual and the couple known to be quite the swingers. He invited Rasputin to the, his home, writing to Rasputin that Irina had taken their open relationship too far and he was worried she was a sex addict. He said that he needed Rasputin's help to heal the demons inside of her. Jesus. <laughs> and Rasputin's like, sex addict? Huh? Mm-hmm. He's huh? like, mm-hmm. huh? I'm in, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> After gaining his trust, Yusupov met up with two co-conspirators, three of them planning to murder Rasputin. The men picked up Rasputin in a car, drove him to the Yusupov mansion, where they led him into a basement dining room. This is weird to me. That is weird. Like, come on, downstairs into this, this is where table. We in, <laughs> We're we meeting. In the dungeon. <laughs> yes. Can we, can we just, they wanted to kill him. Yes. Because he was fucking with. He had power and he was fucking it all up. Yes. And they were like, he's irresponsible. We're a laughing stock. We need to get rid of this man. He has no business being here. He's not one of us, so to speak. Right, right, right. Nationalism. Yes, exactly. And then, yeah, I think he was just like obviously creepy and people were like, this man cannot be. That's what I was saying. Like, did he, did he do, did they 
were they like avengers of all the people that he had wronged or did they just like not like the the decisions he was making for the country i think both and i also kind of just think they were a bit put off by the fact that he was like a commoner and all that stuff and like oh snobby yes yep yep exactly okay (laughs) <laughs> so the men picked up Rasputin in a car, drove him to the mansion, led him into the basement dining room, and it appeared as though they were having a large party. Mm. Yusupov said Irina was upstairs entertaining guests and that she would come downstairs later to have her healing ceremony mm. from her sex addiction. Right. In the meantime, they told him to enjoy himself, eat, drink, and be merry. They offered him food and drink, which Rasputin consumed in copious amounts, not knowing that it was entirely laced with cyanide. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> We don't love murder. We don't love murder, but like... We do love Rasputin's murder. (laughs) (laughs) Two and a half hours later, however, Yusupov could not believe that Rasputin was still alive and unfazed. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I thought for sure this motherfucker was dead this time. Honestly. (laughs) He just... This motherfucker won't die. He just won't die. (laughs) He's like Mick Jagger, man. Like He's gonna live forever. (laughs) It's like honestly, is Mick, Mick Jagger still alive. How old is Mick Jagger? Oh, I don't know, but he looks like he's three hundred. <laughs> you know, I I don't know what Mick Jagger looks like, but have you ever seen the Flintstones movie? Yeah, and yes. there's like Rock Jagger or whatever. Yes. I always think of that guy. I don't even know what Mick Jagger looks like. Googling. You'll Google it. Google it. No, oh, he's eighty. I mean, he looks like 180, but anyways, I digress. Poor Mick Jagger. <laughs> he doesn't look that old, but I have just been looking at Rasputin. Every Who time looks? I say that, I, I don't know how to say it. Rasputin, so yeah. Yeah, I have just been looking at that, so this is, like, really this nice This is a nice, comparison. refreshing, like, yeah. flesh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nice, <laughs> I sound like a cannibal. I was going to say, nice, refreshing. I mean, he's got, like, color flesh. to him kind of thing. He he's doesn't so look nice. like a dead person walking like Rasputin. Yeah, but to be fair to Rasputin, <laughs> those um, are all black and white photos. So he could be flush with flesh. That dude could flesh. be in fucking 4K and he'd look terrifying. <laughs> so <laughs> Refreshing flesh. flesh. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, broken. it's breaking me right now. I broke you. Yeah, I'm sure. broken now. Okay, sorry, carry on. No, all good. Um... Anyway, so Rasputin's seen this amount of, like, tons of fucking cyanide, and he's not dying. So Yusupov starts to believe the rumors that he had dark powers and that the poison would not be enough to kill him. He rushed upstairs, grabbed his revolver, ran to the basement, and pointed the gun at Rasputin. Rasputin responded with indifference, did not beg for his life, and seemed rather unfazed with his mile-long stare. Yusupov shot Rasputin. Rasputin fell to the floor, and the men cheered and went upstairs to party. (laughs) Was he dead, though? Did they check? <laughs> I still don't know. Oh, stay tuned. Oh, fuck off. A few hours later, Rasputin felt an impending sense of dread, went to the basement, and saw Rasputin lying on the floor. And Wait. Rasputin felt, felt felt an impending sense of dread? Yusupov. Yusupov. Yeah, yeah. Felix. 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 Ten four, Felix rubber ducky. <laughs> so he he felt like something's not yeah, right. Yeah, he's like, I just murdered a man. Like, should I go fucking... Should I go check on that? <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. So he goes downstairs. Yeah, so he goes downstairs. He sees Rasputin lying on the floor. Looks like he's dead. Okay. He brought with him a doctor, which I guess was just there at the time. I'm not entirely sure of the context Dr. of that. Dr. Shipman vibes just happens to be <laughs> yeah. when people die. <laughs> it's so true. In this moment, Rasputin earned himself the nickname the Devil Incarnate as he lunged at Felix Yusupov. The doctor fainted immediately, and Rasputin was able to get away, ran upstairs, and somehow came back to life after being shot. In yeah. the head. In the, I don't think you shot in the head, no. Uh, he was just shot. I think he was just shot somewhere. Poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. if you're going to kill someone, this is the thing, like, we don't want murderers <laughs> to be good at their jobs. But how fucking dumb do you have to be? That was your backup plan for killing him. Like, this man has been involved in an attempt assassination three fucking times now, yeah. Rasputin, I mean. Yeah, I, like, would, I would kill him in a very effective way. Yeah, like, yeah, there's lots of ways you could do I that. I think the cyanide they thought were was an effective, like quiet. Method. Yeah, that would be that was sneaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is t- th- I love that the doctor fucking fainted, dude. He's yeah, like, he's like, oh shit, they're not supposed the to wake up. They're yeah. dead. <laughs> so Felix Yusupov ran back down to the basement with friends, and lo and behold, Rasputin was gone. He crawled up the basement, stumbled to get away through the courtyard, and Felix finally shot him in the head. The five other men in the company of Felix Yusupov also shot at Rasputin, putting so many bullets in his body. Okay, so they, this is what I was just saying, they needed to do a better job. They were were like, like, not again, bitch. And like, not to mention, like, if he's been shot and now he's getting away, like, all of these people are going to get tried for attempted murder. 
Oh, yeah. And, like, he obviously has his claws in the Romanov family. So, like, we have to kill this bitch. Right. They're terrified now. Yeah. They're like, it's gotta. It's gotta happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They stuffed Rasputin's body into the trunk of a car and drove him to a river. They pressed him through a hole in the ice, because it's Russia. Everything's fucking frozen all the time. <laughs> Russia ice. I'm just always, yeah. <laughs> just like we have igloos and snow dogs. <laughs> yeah. Russia ice, for sure. <laughs> and when the body of Rasputin was actually found, his hands were up, evidently appearing as if he was struggling to get out of water, pressed against the ice. So there's rumors that he didn't even actually die. No, he, no. There was actually also water in his lungs, suggesting he was still breathing after he was pushed into the river. They, like, did an autopsy after that? Yeah. That means for sure he was breathing. If there's water in your lungs, you're inhaling. Motherfucker didn't, like, he was unstoppable. But they shot him in the head. They shot him in the head. But this is where people think this he's, is like, lore. some yeah. dark forces. But if you, like, if yeah. you're, like, if you push a dead body into ice, an ice hole, it will... Maybe it'll fill up with water. Won't it sink first, though, and then pop up? So why would he have hit the ice? I think trying to get out. Like, I mean, if he was dead. I'm if trying to make, like, like, like a reasonable. like, an actual realist. <laughs> like, what I'm trying to. <laughs> You're like, no, Carly. He was... It's because he was trying to get out. <laughs> the like, no, lore. I mean, like, if he's dead. Why? Yeah, like, why would it actually. Like, what's the reasonable explanation for that? Physiological. I thought he would think. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's, like, a river. There's a current pushing him up to the ice. I don't know. This is all lore, though. It's all lore. It's all. Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, hearing of this, people were convinced he came back to life as a demonic zombie. So they actually exhumed his body. So after, after he was found and whatever, they buried him. Right. They ended up exhuming his body later, though, and cremated him because they were like, we're not fucking even sure if this guy's dead. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so, they, that's why they exhumed his body? Yeah. They were like, we have to burn him. Like, he's a zombie. <laughs> I mean, that mm. is a fact. That is, like, if you're trying to be sure. Yeah, if you're trying to be sure. However, before they cremated him, they cut off the most legendary part of his body, his penis, which is indeed now on display in a museum at St. Petersburg. No, you're no, it's fucking <laughs> I'm dead not. fucking serious. No, it's not. Yep. It was first brought to Paris and bought for $8,000 and used in cult rituals. But no then it was fucking way. Yep. It was then brought back to Russia and placed quite literally on display in a pickle jar at the Museum of Erotica in St. Petersburg. It apparently, it's still there. It's still there. Yeah, you can go see it. You can Google it and everything. Where is this? I gotta go. I honestly agree. I was like, I kind of need to see this. We have to go. <laughs> That's a hundred-year-old penis. A hundred-year-old penis. And it is apparently 12 inches in size. No fucking way. Yes. <laughs> no, there's no fucking way. And naysayers say it's fake and likely a cow penis. <laughs> a cow penis. Because they think, like, everybody's just ran with this. Like, I mean, there's a 20th Century Fox movie about him. Like, he's well, just so interesting that... It is sus that it was used for rituals for a while because I feel like any one person could have accidentally, like... I think it was, like, in a jar while it was at. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Okay, so what state of his body was it he exhumed? Like, did they embalm him? Do you embalm people in the I don't think you would have embalmed, uh, like, him. Like a a peasant. Was it quick? Like, between death and exhumation and penis cutting off. Like, was this a decomposing dick? (laughs) It might be. Like, I don't think it's... Even if it was, like, say, 48 hours. Like, what are we working with here? This is that that is the man honestly who never the, bathed and I have, was buried. I've been and a lot of things. That's that's fair. A lot of things have been shocking here today. <laughs> Possibly the least expected thing to learn is that there is a penis yeah. in a jar. It's honestly mind blowing. Like the whole story of him is just like absolutely bonkers to me. Yeah. I cannot wait. Sorry, I talked over you earlier. No, 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 you didn't. I just like I There's just so much to say. Oh, I honestly want to vomit. Yeah. I just looked at that. <laughs> I did too. You looked at it? Yeah, I Googled it. it I had to. Uh, oh, my God. It's horrific. It's disgusting. It doesn't even look... I don't even want to look at it anymore. <laughs> that makes me want to never look at a penis again. Sorry, very, Josh. Honestly, very. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Like, it's not just the penis. For the people, the, whole thing the people is... need to know it's not just people the penis. People will Google it, I think, uh, when they listen. Don't do it. Don't just, do it. Yeah, just save yourself. There, you could deep dive into photos of Rasputin. And you should, and they're spooky, and you might have nightmares about it. Did you do that trend where Ryan Reynolds, you looked at a picture of Ryan Reynolds, and then you, like, or you looked at a picture of, like, black and white and, like, stuff, and then close your eyes, and then you open you your eyes, and it. you can see Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't I done it with Ryan like Reynolds. It. I've done it, like, with other things. I'm going to do yeah. that with Rasputin. I feel like I'm going to... That's what I mean. Like, I don't even I'm want his no, images that's on my phone anymore. in my anymore. brain. It's, it's burned in. Yeah. yeah. Fair. It's fucking... Ugh! <laughs> I, I'm, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It honestly is. Okay. Soon after his death, Rasputin's prophecy did come true. The entire Romanov family in a Russian revolt were murdered in an assassination carried out by the Bolshevik party. 
and Russia was never the same again. And Why did they have to die? The Romanov family? Yeah. It was called, like, the February Revolution. What was really happening is, like, after the war, Russia experienced, like, extreme famine and stuff like that. And they were like, here's this royalist family, anti-royalism, wanting to start a communist state. They were like, we need to get, take these motherfuckers Okay, out. Roger, 10 And four. that's when they ended up killing Tsar Nicholas, Tsarina Alexandra, and their entire family. And that's what... Oh, okay, so like kind of like a separate incident to separate incident. They did use him though as a reason to discredit the royal family. One of the one of the bad ideas they had. One of the bad ideas they had. Yeah, and they kind of blamed like but the the children. But the children, yeah, it's really sad. And again, there's something. This is a totally different podcast, I think, on the Romanov family because they're really interesting as well. But there's a lot to be said about like how the daughters were sexually assaulted, even by whoever had murdered them as well, too. So it's just like overall really fucked up. Yeah. That picture of the family with, ugh, so sad. Yes. So Russia was never the same again and actually became the first ever communist state globally, which is really cool. So one of the things I mentioned um, as we end this episode is that much of Rasputin's life is kind of based on hearsay. So take the information with a grain of salt. There is a picture of the penis. There is a picture of the dick. And there is a lot to say that most of it is true. It's just like how much is true. We don't know. Like certain things like did he actually steal a horse when he was younger? Some of those things are like "Eh, maybe not. Right. But in order for a man like that to be in the photos he's in with the people he's with. like All of that is very true. Yeah. I think it's more like the nuances of like did he actually were some girls pictured holding his dick at a party and stuff like that. I think that's all just like fabricated now maybe. Maybe. Right. I kind of think it's fun to think it's true. Yep. Um, and so one of the things I actually heard recently the other day is that history is just a lie that we all agree on. So let's just agree that his life was this interesting. That is fucking depressing. <laughs> it is depressing. Yeah. Because, like, how do we fact check it? Well, and, and also, like, any story can be told from one perspective and not all For perspectives. Sure. Yeah. And it can, yeah, lacks context and then also can be fabricated and changed over time. And Yeah translated and stuff like that so yo like <laughs> wild i'm i'm like i'm never gonna unsee that penis in a jar <laughs> like that and carly's talking about this one image where and i was gonna mention it in the episode but i remember how i said that rasputin like commonly like read the kids bedtime stories and stuff like that he would make them all dress in white which is an image that is gonna be on the socials the image that you keep talking about that's like horrific. yeah that's fucking creepy yeah he would make all of them dress in white for like a symbol of purity and like and it's like, super creepy him like getting close to the children was not like some nice pure thing that he was doing to help because you remember how terrible he was talking about other people's like he was making fun of those yeah and he was just i don't know i don't know if and I he was ever... sus and sketchy and just in general a like a, a predator oh for sure i don't mean to say like judge a book by its cover but like certainly would i have ever let that man near my children never no but they thought he cured hemophilia and all of these different things yeah that picture that picture that we're on about will be on there it's just a picture of him with uh, alex and Tsarina alexandra yeah Tsarina and her children and the children when the husband was off in yeah war. when he was like czar by proxy and you can see there's like fear yeah yeah, it's it not horrific. a good photo. It's fucking yeah. terrifying. It is. It is terrifying. Don't look up the photo of the dick. Just don't do it. <laughs> I so feel like everybody will. Yeah. You know, when like the Justin Bieber news got leaked and everybody was like, I don't want to see it. I was the person that was like, how do I fucking see this? <laughs> oh, and did you find it? Oh, yeah. Nice. I did. <laughs> Speaking, I accidentally. I just like um, out of morbid curiosity, I think I was like, I need to know. Like, same yeah. with the Rasputin penis thing. Like, I just. I, re- that, I googled it. Yeah. There are some things that it's like, okay, I'm going to see that. I need to, and then I you were like, oh, I wish I could unsee that now. Yo, I accidentally, for the BAMP episode, I was like trying to find a good photo of the murderer because there's not a lot on it. And part of the reason why is because apparently not a lot of like crime is really well reported on in BAMP, which is like another thing we should get into. Mm, that's us. I, yeah. I thought they just had like notoriously low crime and that's why you never heard about it. That's what I thought. I talked mm. to someone who lived there after the episode came out, a, a baddie, Gabe, the baddie, but telling me that it's like notoriously swept under the rug. Like there's not a lot of good provincial really? or national coverage on crimes that happen in Banff and there's a lot of things that happen. To affect the tourism there or like yes, the reputation? Yes, partially. And he said he actually did like a school project or whatever on that murder in the Banff Springs that was like a murder-suicide. Okay. And he fully believes it happened. And I thought it was just lore. I couldn't find any actual documents on it. And he was like, well, yeah, because there weren't any – Is there wasn't any good news coverage on it. Right. Anyway, I digress. The whole point of what I'm saying is when I was researching for that episode, I was trying to find a good photo of the murder. And I found it. And I was trying to get like the – I was trying to put it on the internet. And it, it gave me a warning like – you're entering an unsafe site or whatever. And I was like, it's fucking fine. Whatever. It was like 10 p.m. <laughs> on Christmas do. Eve. <laughs> yeah. And I saw autopsy photos. Mm-hmm. I saw photos of the body 
like the the murder scene right and i can never unsee that shit and it was actually so fucking terrifying i believe it there's certain things that i have like dived too deep into and i'm like i really wish i had not done that gone back in time like one time i found out all my christmas presents (laughs) (laughs) totally on the side but like after i'd known about them like in the moment i was like i fucking have to know and i became possessed by the idea i was like 11 yeah (laughs) and then once after like you reflect back and you're like i really wish i didn't do that and this is like a very the magic is gone version of it yeah yeah where you're like, wish I could ruined. go back in time. And now I feel like that about Rasputin's penis. If like, I, I could really. Turn back time. Anyways, that's Rasputin. That now was we all fucking know. wild, Holmes. It is wild. Isn't it so crazy that we all sing Rara Rasputin and we have no idea what we're talking about? And honestly, that that song is horrible. It's horrible. And oh, it's that's where I was going to Google where this comes up. Rasputin. It makes song. me sad to think about that people just had assumed that she was sleeping with him, but when what's more realistic is the possibility that he was actually sexually assaulting her. Oh, for sure. And then we write a song about it, Lover of the Russian Queen. Yeah. Which maybe they had a romantic relationship, I don't know. Makes it sound like um like that she was willingly letting this man yeah, into her maybe. life and like making bad decisions and like it was her fault. Like she was the one who was getting all the shade him. for it. Yeah, yeah, she was the one who was getting like the scarlet letter Absolutely, instead of as him. they do, as yeah. we do. Um, when maybe he wasn't, maybe he scared her also, and we don't know. Like if you look at the images, she doesn't look particularly happy to be in his presence. No, not even a little. Not even a little bit. I just wonder, like, who who the fuck wrote this song? Boney M, I think. Yeah, but why would he write that in 1978? Oh, I googled it. Apparently, he wrote it because he wanted to bring light to the story of Rasputin enough that you want to know more. Right, right. But, but it does kind of like paint him in a good light. Yeah, it does paint him in a good light. Although it was a shame how he carried on is one of the lyrics. I I googled I deep dived oh, into cool. like the Reddit verse about this, and I think some of it is to try to like denounce him as a mystic holy healer, blah blah blah. Like maybe he actually was just like it was a shame how he carried on, like how crazy right. he was. So, but it's a fucking vibe. It's a vibe. It's a fucking great song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. That was crazy. That was wild. It that was, was a wild. journey. I knew nothing. We know, but we don't know. You know. We know we don't know. And, like, I honestly loved Anastasia. And I was – I have been terrified of Rasputin for, like, my whole entire childhood. And I was like, it's valid now. Yeah, you sh- – that was we good instincts be. tab. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Okay. Well, that was episode eight. Okay. I'm back. We were back. I was back. Okay. That was incredible. I'm so happy you're back. We bring such different things when we, we really have do. different episodes. And I love so much listening to your history vibes. I'm just such a history nerd. I honestly think in retirement, I'm going to go get a history degree. You you should. I love it. You inspired me um, to oh, look more historical. Okay. I'm not because okay, I friend. don't want you to. This Google is. It. Yeah. We Fair. usually do tell each other what we're going to cover so that we can do basic bitch research, as we call it. I've stopped, though. I have. Like with Dr. Shipman, I decided like I'm not going to Google anything. I didn't look up. I didn't look up anything except for one scary photo. And I didn't even find all the scary photos of Rasputin. <laughs> it's a fuck. You can deep dive into scary yeah. photos. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but I've banned you from this one. I'm not okay. going to tell you the name of the case. I'm not going to tell so you So I'm going to be fully surprised next week. Full send surprise. Just because there's a... If you, as soon as you Google it, you'll know the twist. It'll be ruined. So, And I told our supervisor today, and he was like, whoa. He listened, by the way. He's listened to our episode? Yeah, he finally listened. Our, super, he? our boss didn't listen, hasn't been listening. But he did But now. over Christmas, we forced... We were like, you better fucking listen. And he listened to the first episode, and he yeah. thought it was very, very good. Well, I was like, good. thank you. We know. <laughs> and it only gets better. Like, it I honestly swear they're getting better. And it's only going to get better if you subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon. So we didn't mention this earlier, but I wanted to give a little bit of an idea as to where the money will go if you choose to give it to us. We have some ideas and goals. Yep. First of all, um, we've already spent some money, so we'll go towards that. <laughs> get second us back all, in the green. Second of all, it will – the some of the first things that we want to do that are, like, small things but will make a huge difference – um in new editing software yes it will save us so much more time and it'll make us sound so much better so much better we're currently renting equipment (laughs) it will be so so good not to have to fucking do that that would be great so we can get like pretty good equipment for not a huge cost yeah um so it will go into that also merch merch people have been on us for merch people are already on us for merch absolutely i like, considered like hand making some and then i was <laughs> yeah. like i still might do that actually but which honestly would be super great it would be on brand yeah it would be bad it would be historically <laughs> brand bad it would we be really we really need to get on the merch and 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 to be fair people have already asked 
Yes. Buy. Like my brother would single-handedly buy, buy a t-shirt from this. Yeah. We're going to get on that. But all those things cost money. It costs money to do all those things, even though they will be good to help us. to make money. Exactly. <laughs> so if you love listening to Historically Bad, like how much we love listening to ourselves talk, then you should definitely subscribe. Even if you do it just for free, do it. So that way you can be um, contribute to decision-making. So making uh, voting on the polls yep. and then kept in touch in case we – Oh, well, not in case, but kept in touch for when we do start rolling out member perks. Yeah. And we were also thinking um, along with the Patreon, we were going to start doing a newsletter. So even if you don't want to donate anything, but you want to at least be in the know with all things historically bad, you can do that through our Patreon. Yo, we're just so fucking official. We are official. Official fucking bitch. Yo, we got reported on Instagram. We did. We have an enemy. Our enemy. Yes. Segue. If If you don't follow us on Instagram, which we know that some of you don't because we have more listeners on here than we do on Instagram followers on Instagram yeah so so. hit us up on Instagram Mm -hmm. at historically bad podcast um but we did we did recently get reported for our logo getting being associated with dangerous people or organizations or something yeah Yeah. which is fucking awesome so what we decided is Sorry, go ahead. No, you, I think you were about to say what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, we used to make jokes when we were going to start this endeavor that our first enemy would mean that we've made it. Yes! <laughs> and we have one. So. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, hate on me, hate <laughs> So basically, we're just really hyped that someone was like mad Abundant. at us enough. So it was <laughs> yeah. like, we're going to fucking report this. And then we, we, um, three seconds later got it back. Reviewed yeah. it and got it back right away. Yeah. But so hate is going to hate, 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 hate. I think that makes three Taylor Swift references snuck in the episode today. You so did. And you welcome. actually texted me today saying that you were going to do that. I was feeling really Swifty dropping. I was like, I'm feeling especially like dropping Swifty references today. And Tab's like, is that any different than every day? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other day. And is it? It's, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> all right well okay well thanks so much that was awesome Tom. that was that was great i had it was fun so good it was fun to be back genuinely missed you so much it was so <laughs> missed good. you too i miss me as well actually it's, it's funny because we did see each other the whole time we <laughs> did but like i was a different version of me for sure yeah and for sure yeah. okay well see you next week on see you next week historically bad see you next week on historically bad bye fuck yeah Hey baddies. I'm Carly. <laughs> and, and we're restarting. <laughs> hey baddies. Sorry, what the fuck is up with us it's today? My fault. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? You know, um what's that show where the medicine are animated creatures and they run through your body? <laughs> like you, magic like school bus? Pills? <laughs> it's magic school bus esque. Okay. Yeah. But it's like this. Did I just make this up? I thought it was like a childhood thing. I don't know. Trademark it the fuck out of it if you did. It's like all <laughs> these little pills in the body, and they're like what? They're like animated little. Anyway, it's it's just like that. The blood is alive. It's the point. Okay. So you're hypnotizing the blood. <laughs> maybe that's what he did. Maybe he was. If any maybe bad, he knew. He, if any baddies know what fucking show I'm talking about, just from that really vague description, please like hit us up. Please do, yeah. Because yep. I'm curious also. I'm not even gonna not. Google it. I'm gonna wait and see if a baddie tells me. <laughs> that's our source now. Yeah. <laughs> Yusupov meant. <laughs> my fucking spelling error is in <laughs> 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 <laughs>